to glory land It won't be long Until I take the hand Of Jesus Christ With a great big smile We'll sit right down Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, let's all open our Bible this morning to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 for the text this morning, for the scripture reading. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse number 24. We have just confessed that Jesus is Lord. Amen? In Matthew 6, verse 24, for our scripture reading, it says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You got to choose. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment or clothes? Behold, the fowls of the air. Look at the fowls of the air. Behold them, gasp upon them, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought saying, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. 
Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you anoint your word this morning, Lord, that you give us insight of the scripture that we just read as we begin to minister now. Father, I ask that you use me for your glory and for your glory alone. Lord, I ask that men would look upon you today in your word, Lord, in the power that you have given us to minister that word. Father, I thank you, for, Father, for bringing men out this morning to hear your word. And these men that you have set before us this morning, Lord, I pray that you open their ears. I pray that you open their hearts, Lord, that they may receive your engrafted word. Lord, that they may come into understanding and knowledge to the provision that you have made for them as a son of God. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. I would like to also ask this morning that you turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 12, verse number 29. Luke chapter 12, verse number 29. There are some things this morning that I want you to grasp. I wish that you would grasp the provisions that you have come into the rights and the privileges that you have as a son of the living God. I want you to provide, to come into that knowledge of the provision that you have as a son of God. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 29. And seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful minds. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. We don't have to seek after things, my brothers. We need to just let God do an inward working in our life and then He will provide those things. Amen? If we go out seeking after things, we could seek the wrong thing, amen, which we have sought before. But when we seek the kingdom of God and a greater knowledge and understanding of God and what we have as a son of God, then we begin to realize that the Father knows that we have need of all these things. And it goes on to say here, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, if we begin to seek to understand the things that God has provided for us as a child of God, we will come into the knowledge that God has made great and mighty provisions and given us rights and authorities and privileges that we have not even taken yet. We need to begin to wake up and understand that a son has the privileges of the father. Amen? We need to wake up to the fact that a child has the privileges of a king. Amen? If a king has a son, his son has those privileges. Amen? We need to begin to wake up that we have an inheritance. Amen? From the father. We need to wake up that a son gets the inheritance of the father. Amen? Glory to God. And we're walking in this inheritance. And we have the same rights and the same privileges as a son. And this son, which we are, just happens to be the son of the living God. Amen? Now this is what 
he says here in verse number 32. He says, fear not, little flock. That's you, my brothers. You don't have a thing to fear because you have been given the rights and the privileges of a kingdom. And that kingdom is God's kingdom. And since you live in God's kingdom, you don't have to fear, my brothers, because Jesus has done away with fear. Amen? He has not given us the spirit of fear. We can fear not now. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen? The Father's good pleasure. The number one thing that we need to recognize is that it is the Father's will that we own the kingdom. It's the Father's will that we walk in an inheritance, in a kingship, in an heirship, in the same rights and the privileges as Father God. Amen? As a son of who? God. We need to wake up and come into the fact that it is His pleasure that we own the kingdom. Glory to God. Now, when did this take place? Turn with me to Colossians. Colossians 1, chapter 1, verse number 12. Paul woke up to the fact that he had been given the kingdom. But when did he get the kingdom? It says, giving thanks unto the Father, Colossians 1.12, which hath made us meet or able to, to be partakers of the inheritance. We are partakers of an inheritance, right? Of the saints of light, that is us, right? We received an inheritance from God. It is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. We have received an inheritance from God. How did we receive this inheritance from God? How? Jesus said before the death, the burial, and the resurrection that we should seek the kingdom of God. But how did we get what we are to seek? It says here in the next verse, who Jesus hath delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Brothers, because your sins have been forgiven, number two, because the blood of Jesus wiped away and remitted all your sins, amen? Because Jesus came and delivered you out of the kingdom of darkness and now he has delivered and translated you into a new kingdom. We live in a new kingdom. The Bible, the word of God says that we live in the kingdom of God as a son of God. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus made it possible for you who receive and believe and accept his sacrifice, his blood, and his forgiveness of sins for you to own and have rights and privileges in the kingdom of God. He lifted you out of darkness into his kingdom by the death, by the burial, and by his resurrection. Romans 8, 17, that says that he has made us heirs and joint heirs with God. See, we have an inheritance. We are an heir. Galatians chapter 1, 
Verse number 4 says that Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil and dark world according to the will of God. It was the will of God the Father that we be delivered from the kingdom of darkness and that we be set in the kingdom of God as a son, as a joint heir with Christ Jesus with an inheritance and a right and a privilege with God. We have been made right with God. Amen? We have been made right with God. 2 Peter 1.4 says this. Starting with the middle portion of that scripture in 2 Peter 1.4, it says that we are partakers of His divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. My brothers, I want you to know because Jesus arose from that death, from the dead and defeated the devil and the works of darkness and wiped away your sins, I want you to know that you also resurrected with him and that he set you in the kingdom of God as a child of God, as a son of God, as an heir of God with an inheritance and because of that you have a responsibility to walk as a son of God. Amen? Or do you think you don't have any responsibility now? We have a responsibility to walk as a son of God. Otherwise, we're just spitting on the cross. The cross was all in vain. We have a right and a responsibility to walk as a son of God. We must begin to develop our mind to the knowledge of the fact that we have right standing with God because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Before Jesus went to the cross, in Matthew 5, 6, he says to hunger and thirst after righteousness, after a right standing with God. I tell you what, before I got saved, I was hungering and thirsting after peace and after something that I just could not find. And I hungered and thirsted after the things of Satan, and it did not fill me, amen? And it did not fill you. I tried LSD, I tried women, I tried pot, I tried all kinds of garbage of this world. I tried houses, I tried beach houses, I tried cars, I tried everything to fill this hunger and this thirst that I had, but I did not find it. But I tell you what, when I found out that God had peace for me, it filled my hunger, it filled my thirst, and righteousness came into me and gave me a right standing with God, and that's what I needed. Needed. Glory to God. Hunger and thirst after righteousness, and you shall be filled, my brothers. Also in Matthew 5, 20, Jesus said, Unless your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and of the Pharisees, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. I tell you, my brothers, we need to seek the kingdom of God, but what we need to seek is an understanding and a knowledge that Jesus Christ has made it possible for us to live in the kingdom as a joint heir with him, as partakers of his divine nature, Second Peter 1, 4. We need to seek that knowledge of that, amen? And when we come into the knowledge of what Jesus did upon the cross and what he did for us spiritually in the spirit, then we will begin to walk 
as sons of God. Until you come into a knowledge of that, that's why Paul prays that you would come into an understanding and knowledge that you're living in the kingdom of God, my brothers. That you're living in the kingdom. That you are a child of the kingdom. That you are a partaker of the kingdom. That you have inherited the kingdom as a son of God. And now as you develop your mind to the fact of the greatness and of the rights and of the privileges that you have as a son, you'll begin to walk like that. You'll begin to see, say, hey, I'm a son of God, and I have a responsibility now to walk as a son. You have a responsibility. The responsibility is on you, my brother. God is not going to make you walk as a son, no. But he's going to give you his word that tells you how to walk as a son of God. David said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. When you get into a right relationship with God, if God be for you, nobody can be against you, my brothers. When you come into an overcoming relationship with God, knowing that your feet is planted upon this world and that you are a ruler of Satan in his territory because of the knowledge that you have that he is a defeated foe because of the cross, Brother, I tell you, you'll begin to conquer then. Until you begin to count that devil stinking and dead with no place in your life, brother, he'll be ruling over you. But you rule over him, amen? Because of what Jesus did. Not because of my power, but because of Jesus' power that lives inside of me. Not because of the works of the law, I became righteous and right with God. No, but because of what Jesus did. Because of his grace, amen? I always want to point you to Jesus Christ and what happened to us through that blood. I would like to ask that you turn to Romans 3, verse 21. 3.21. 3.21. We must recognize that we had a wrong relationship with the Father before we gave our life to Jesus. We had an inheritance from the devil and everything that came with it. I tell you, I inherited a prison sentence. I was an heir of the devil. That's what I was when I was walking in sin. I was a child of the devil. Amen? That's what the Bible says. I had the same rights and the same privileges as the devil. I could rip anybody off I wanted to. Amen? Free to rip anybody off I wanted to. Free to smoke dope anytime I wanted to. Free to look at sex books anytime I wanted to. Free to do anything because the devil had ripped me off. It was a big rip-off. Amen? And every one of you got ripped off walking in the rights of the devil. But I tell you what, when you got right with God, you come into an inheritance with God, and I tell you what, this is your bill of rights right here. This is your bill of rights right here. This is the rights that you have as a child of God. A citizen in the United States, listen to me a second. A citizen in the United States has a certain right, amen? And those rights that he has, they're, they're called the bill of rights, amen? They're called the bill of rights. We have the bill of rights. And as long as we walk good in this world and not break the law, we have those rights, amen? The bill of rights. Well, just recently... Most of the rights have been given back to a, to a prisoner unless those rights that are given to him comes against the security of the institution. 
We even have our rights in this institution here. Well, I tell you what. At one time, we didn't have any rights with God. We were wrong with God. But when we come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we come into the citizenship of a son of God, the citizenship of a new nation, the citizenship of the kingdom of God, and we have rights and privileges in this kingdom. Amen? And this is your Bill of Rights right here. This Bible. That's your Bill of Rights. You can bank on those rights there. Those are your rights. You're righteous now, not later. You're right now with the God. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to get right. You're right now. That's what righteousness of God means. When I say I'm righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that means that you came into a right standing with God, whereas once you were right with Satan, now you're right with God. Amen? You're right with God now. Romans 3, verse number 21. But now the righteousness or the right standing of God without the law is manifested. See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees could not be right with God by keeping the law. Did you know that? Righteousness did not come by the law. That's why Jesus said that, that your righteousness had to exceed that of the scribes and of the Pharisees. See, the way they needed to be right was through the person of Jesus Christ. See, they could not be right through the law. It says here, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. There's no difference. I don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're Jewish, if you're Greek, if you're Gentile, whatever you are, if you're Mexican, if you're Chinese, if you're Japanese, there's no difference. The grace of God came to all mankind. It came to all mankind, and it is upon all, and it is unto all, but it is to them that what? Believe. You have to believe and have faith in what Jesus did at the cross. You have to have faith in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And because of that death, because of that burial, and because of that resurrection, you came into a right standing with God or you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because you were translated out of darkness and you were translated into the kingdom of God, made an heir of God, given an inheritance of God, and instead of having an inheritance of the devil with a prison term, now you have an inheritance with God and you have freedom and you have victory and you are an overcomer, you are a conqueror, and you you are partakers of His divine nature and you're blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, praise God. That's you, my brothers. You have victory. You have freedom. See, the truth is, is that Satan was defeated. It says, if you know the truth, you shall be free indeed. Who are you free from? Not free from God. You're free from Satan. If you continue in my word, Jesus says, you shall be free indeed, for you shall know the truth through reading the word that Satan has been defeated. So the more faith that you begin to, to, uh, to have and to develop by reading the word and by renewing the mind that you're right with God, that you're living in the kingdom, the more free you're going to be to preach the word of God in this institution. Glory to God. When you're set free by the word of God, you know you're set free. 
Because Jesus came and he finalized it. It is finished. Freedom came across the earth. Now you got to believe. You got to have faith. This right standing with God is by faith. The kingdom of God is by faith. The promises of this book is by faith. The bill of rights that you have as a child of God is by faith. The promises are by faith. Everything that you receive from God is by faith. Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Glory. You recognize what you have as a child of God. In 5.17 of Romans, Romans 5.17, it says, for, by, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's Adam, it reigned all the way up through time, much more they which receive. See, if you haven't received the sacrifice of Jesus, which made you right with God, you don't have the abundance of grace. You're not in the kingdom, my brother. If you have not received Jesus Christ this morning and the sacrifice that he did at Calvary, you're not in the kingdom. You're not in the, you're not in the car. See, you're not in the car. So therefore, you're going to get there late. And you might not even get there unless you get in the car. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. See, death reigned. And if that death continues to reign upon you, it's going to take you right to hell. But because it says here, much more they, that's you, which receive the abundance of grace, the gospel of the kingdom, when you receive the word of reconciliation, reconciling you to the Father, when you receive this abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, when you receive this gift of right standing with God the Father, then it says you shall reign in life, in this life, not in heaven, in this life. You shall reign as a king, the Amplified Bible says. You shall reign as a king in this life. How many kings have we got this morning? Stand up then. Stand up. Are you a king? Let's say that. Say, I'm a king in this kingdom. I'm a king in the kingdom. And I reign in this life. By one Jesus Christ. He defeated the works of the devil. And he delivered me into the kingdom. And I'm a king. Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. You have rights. You reign in this life. If you can believe that you're saved, if you can believe that you can be filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you believe, if you can believe in the miracles of God, if you can believe in anything that God has, you should be able to believe that you're right with God and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. But you have to receive it by faith in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This right standing with God means that you have the ability to stand in the presence of God the Father. Just as a little kid stands in the presence of his daddy, you have the ability to stand in the presence of Father God without any sense of fear. Fear not, little flock. Without any sense of condemnation. Without any sense of guilt without any sense of inferiority because you have a right standing with God. And I tell you who else you can stand in front of. You can stand in front of that defeated one, the devil, and you can tell him where to go because he can't put condemnation on you. He can't put fear. He can't put inferiority. He can't put guilt because you know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And if God be for you, who can be against you? You answer that one. 
Who can be against you if God's for you? Glory to God. Let's give him a clap offering. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I'd like to call your attention to one last thought here in Matthew chapter 6. At the end of the chapter, you're up in the kingdom now by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you need to begin to take advantage of your right standing with God. And if you begin to take advantage of your right standing with God, if you begin to take advantage of your sonship and your heirship and your divine nature and the promises and the bill of rights, the word of God that you have, if you begin to take advantage of these things, you will receive all things. To the degree that you take advantage by faith, the things that I have spoken unto you this morning is to the degree that you will have all things. That's why Jesus said, if you believe, you shall receive. You can take that a little further and just say yourself, you can doubt and you can do without. To the degree that you believe is to the degree that you will receive. To the degree that you can believe that Jesus did away with fear, condemnation, inferiority, and guilt is to the degree that you will walk without it, brother. To the degree that you'll walk without fear. That's why I fear not, little flock. Matthew 6, 31 in closing. Therefore take no thought. Three times or four or five times even. He mentions the word thought. Don't even take a thought. The devil will try to come in and get you to care and get you to worry and get you to thinking about how your wife is doing, get you to thinking about how you're going to do this and how you're going to do that. But it says take no thought of it. Why would you take thought of it? The devil would try to get you to worry. He would try to come in against your mind. It says to take no thought what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or how you shall be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. See, you don't have to seek them. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to take those cares upon you. But here's what it says to do. For your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father in the kingdom and, and where you live knows, he says, he knoweth, he knoweth that you have need of all these things. He, has, he knows that. And it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. You know how you seek the kingdom of God today? You come into a revelation knowledge and understanding of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and your right standing with God. Amen. That's how you seek it. You get into the word of God and study to show yourself the proved and the God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. For all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction as a child. Amen. And for the instructions into and unto righteousness. Amen. Even though you live in the kingdom today, your protection, your security... You don't have to worry. You're, 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 you're protected from, from the evils that, that tomorrow might bring. You're not to live underprivileged. You heard of underprivileged children? Well, a lot of us Christians live as underprivileged Christians. We need to begin to set our eyes upon the Word and our privileges and our right in the Word, and we won't be an underprivileged child of God. Who in the world ever heard of an underprivileged child of God? There's not an underprivileged child of God. 
Boy, we have all the privileges of the kingdom, all the privileges of the Father. Now, I've told you that we live in the kingdom today. We live in the kingdom of God. I want to say one last thing. Just because we live in this kingdom, just because we have authority in this kingdom, just because we have an inheritance, a divine nature in this kingdom, just because we have rights in this kingdom, just because we are able to overcome all things of the devil in this kingdom, let me tell you something. It's because of the love of God. Beloved, what manner of love the Heavenly Father has bestowed upon us that we should be sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 says that he is going to come in the clouds with a trump, with the voice of an archangel, amen, glory to God, and he's going to receive his church up unto himself, and he's going to rapture us out of this place, and we're not only going to be right with God spiritually, which we have to be to be a son of God, but we're going to be right with God completely mentally. We're going to be right with God completely physically, and we're going to go to be with him because we shall see him as he is. We will be as him. Hallelujah. Shout the victory. We're going to be raptured out of this place. We're going to be caught up in the sky, and I tell you what, we're going to go live with him for a thousand years. Amen. And rule and run this community. Amen. And then the old devil's going to be put underfoot, the Bible says, and then we're going to go and we're going to live in that new heaven, that new earth as sons of God. Amen. And that's all to come. But right now you need to take your lordship and your rulership in this world as a son of God. Will you do that? Will you begin to seek the kingdom of God by coming into an understanding of your rights and privileges and your right standing with God? How many is going to do that? How many promises to do that? Glory to God. We're going to have communion now. I want to ask every one of you to stay. Every week, every time we have communion, I see a bunch of brothers get up and walk out. Well, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for this blood, and if it wasn't for you remembering that death, that burial, and the resurrection, if it wasn't for this bread, the body of Christ, if it wasn't for the blood, the blood of Christ, if it wasn't for none of this, you wouldn't have none of the things that we talked about today. It's because God spoke to you one day and said, you better get right with me. It's because you remembered one day that Jesus came to set mankind free. It's because of this blood. When you come down here to take communion, you need to examine yourself this morning. You need to remember it's because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection which he came and delivered mankind by that set you free. And you need to keep that on your mind constantly. And to the degree that you keep that death, that burial, and that resurrection upon your mind, you know what will happen to you? You will have victory. To the degree that you keep your mind upon the resurrection of Jesus. Brother, that's why we have it once a month. It's so that you can come down here like never before and put your mind upon that resurrection. When you come down here and kneel and examine yourself as a Christian, you can say, Father, you say that if I confess my sins, that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Just say that. Say this. Say, Father, you say in your word that if I confess my sin, that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. See, so you're cleansed. You're in right standing with God.
just like that, right standing, 100% right standing, because you asked him and he cleansed you by his blood. You're in fellowship with him and right standing with him. When you come up here today and kneel and take that blood, you know, you say, I sure didn't know who's defeated by this. Amen?